Radio City Talks Sporting Heroes. Right, let's do a Sporting Hero on Radio City Talk. Absolutely love this feature because we've had loads of great guests into the studio to talk about who it was that they idolised when they were growing up or even still idolise uh, now. And uh, today's guest is uh, another uh, brilliant one to have into the studio, former Tranmere manager, long-term physio at Prenton Park as well, and uh, now with Manchester United. It's Les Parry. Good afternoon. Afternoon, Matt. How are you? Very well, thanks. Good. Great to have you in. And, uh, well... What a, a career in football you've had. And I guess when you first got into football in the in the early 1990s, you never expected it to, to go as it has done. No, not <laughs> at all. Um, as you know, I'm a, a lifelong Tramia fan anyway. So to to work for the club that you, you love was just unbelievable. To manage the club that you, you love is even greater. Uh, and then obviously we parted company and then I leave Tramier and get a job at Man United. So I've been I've been very fortunate. I think I've just been lucky. Uh, obviously, a physiotherapist by trade. Had you always wanted to go into to football or sport physiotherapy in terms of professionally? Yeah, I came straight into into football physio um, in the, in the late uh, in the in the late eighties, um, and I've never really worked anywhere apart from it. From in sport, we've done some private work and that, but all with with sports people. So, um, so I, I've, I've I really enjoy that side of it. I like the performance side. I like um, I like trying to get people back to a higher level than than would normally be expected. What was it like going into Tranmere then uh, for a job <laughs> for the first time as a lifelong fan? Um, it was brilliant. We were at uh, the old Dockers Club at the, at the time in Valley Road. Um, and um, it was it was very very sort of close knit at the time. Kenny Jones was was there, who was John King's uh, good friend, and uh, and I went in sort of part time affair. So I was there every morning, and I worked with Ray Mathias in the reserves. So at the you know at the time, well for the first few weeks. It's fantastic because you you're meeting people who you'd you'd only watched. After that, they're just they're just a group of workers. After that, <laughs> but what a time it was as well for Tranmere. So you were going in when they were at their absolute peak. Yeah, yeah, we had some good times. Um, we'd just been promoted the, the season before I went in, um, and I think John Aldridge had uh, had just started uh, started the year after. Um, and that sort of triggered a meteoric rise, really. And some, you know, the fans, we've got a lot of fans now who won't remember those times because they <laughs> do it a long time ago. But believe me, if anything came back like that with some of the games that we used to have against the bigger teams, some of the results, some of them are still played on uh, on Sky TV, mm. the likes of the Southampton game and that. So uh, we we it was a fantastic time to be involved I've got to ask you, who was the, the best player that you saw when you were at Tranmere in a professional capacity then? Because you, you encompass not only the, the Aldridge and the Nevin era, but also the Kumas era as well. Yeah, Jason should have been, funny enough. I'm not saying that because you've just mentioned him, but Jason had had the, the technique and the, the, the technical awareness, and the tactical awareness, sorry, uh, to be... He could have played for Manchester United. He was, he was just, but he just, his approach was a little bit different. It was hard to get going <laughs> and that. Um, I believe he's got a son now who's a very good player. So let's hope he can, uh, because ex-players who 
didn't like to work hard, shall we say. I've got this habit of uh, suddenly when when they get older of, of pushing people to do what they didn't do. <laughs> uh, so you uh, also were famous for sitting on that bench, no matter how cold it was, in a, in a very short pair of shorts. <laughs> yeah, I still get reminded, even at United, when people come in that I know it. We had a, a VAR day yesterday, and the referees came in, some Premier League referees who used to referee in the, in the Football League, and the first thing they said to me, how come you're wearing trousers? How come you haven't got shorts on? So it, it sticks as well. You even had a song about your shorts. Yeah, yeah. We had a, it was a, a Radio City uh, Christmas release for, for the children's charity. And it's, it didn't sell because it was any good, believe me, but it, it sold because it was a charity. It did all right. It sold out, I think, in the Astors. What made you keep wearing the shorts, though? Because there must have been some cold, cold nights when you thought, should I? Yeah. Um, mainly, you make a rod for your own back, expectations, and you're stupid enough <laughs> to keep it going. There was some free, There was some nights where if I'd have had to run on, I'd have run on in the sitting position because my <laughs> knees and hips were frozen in that position. Um, it was it was that cold. Like I bet I bet it was. It's Radio City Talk. You're listening to full time, and I've got Les Parry in the studio picking his sporting hero. We'll get onto that in a moment or two. But things progress for you, and, and you become Tranmere manager in 2009 after a, a bit of a calamitous start to the 2009-10 season. Yeah, um, John Barnes obviously came in with with Jason McAteer. Um, and John wanted us to play a certain way. Um, unfortunately, probably the players weren't able to play that way, but he stuck to his guns. I personally think, and not having to go with Peter Johnson or the fans or whatever, I think he should have been given a little bit longer. Um, the fact that he wasn't, obviously ended up with Peter asking me to stand in while we, we appointed a, a proper manager. Uh, and as... History shows we did okay. Um, we appointed Keith Hill, who then came back and changed his mind. So that gave me another couple of weeks, and we got a couple of wins. And before I knew it, I was there for well over two and a half years. Were you surprised when Peter did come to you and say, "Can you take charge?" Yeah, it was between me and the canteen lady, I think, <laughs> because there was only with we we didn't have a lot of staff, uh, so. It was either myself or Sean Garnett, and Garner probably probably would have been a, a, a more reasonable choice. But um, I was heavily involved with the first team, even even though I was physio. So I did a lot of work with Aldo, um, be, you know, before that and when he left. Um, so I probably had more experience of dealing with the first team than Garner did, and obviously I, I had Garner helping me anyway. Uh, so yeah, but I was surprised because he asked me before I found out that John Barnes had gone because John went back into his office and then I got called into the chairman's office and then I went into John Barnes's office and he told us that he'd gone. It's a, a remarkable story because it's one that you don't see very often happening in football. But you then move on to keep Tranmere up uh, with that win against Stockport on the final day of the, the 2009-10 season after the terrible start that had been, to keep them up must be one of your greatest achievements. Yeah, and I think it was, I honestly think it was one of the best days in in the club's history. Uh, from a fan's point of view, it was 
it was just unbelievable. The number of fans that went to that game uh, on the pitch afterwards, the way that it unfolded and we'd won the game and Ian Goodison scored um, to to put our game to bed and then it got out the other games were going for us. Um, and then that evening, I think it was just, it was a, it was a fantastic day. It really was. I think there were 3,000 Tranmere fans there that day for a, a 3-0 win that kept them up. And uh, Peter says, stay on. Will you, will you stay on permanently? And was, Were there any qualms? Did you think Did you think about going back to physio? Um, no, not really. Um, t- to be honest with you, I'd, I'd had thought about getting out of football because, you know, I'd had 20-odd years and, you know, I work seven days a week. Uh, one season, I worked 270-odd consecutive days. My missus is brilliant about it, but, you know, I'm, you sort of get older and uh, I'd finished my PhD uh, and I was thinking I'll I'll go into a university, I'll teach in a university. So the, the change was my university, the change to management. So if, you know, if he'd have said at the end of that season, well, that's it, I'm going to bring another manager in. As I said, thanks very much. I really enjoyed it. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to jack it in. Uh, the one thing that you always talked about during your time at Tranmere was that the one certainty for any football manager is that they will eventually yeah. get sacked. And unfortunately yeah. for you, that happened in the 2011-12 season. They were difficult times for Tranmere. I think that the budget was being cut and the players that they were attracting maybe weren't the players that uh, they, or the calibre players that they could two or three years earlier when there was a bit more money. Uh, do you have any regrets about no. that period? No, I, I, I was very fortunate. <clears throat> I know a lot of fans would agree with me when I say I probably kept the job longer than I should have done um, and that was because of how close I was with Peter Johnson probably um, so and I think a lot of managers who end up getting a sack you, you, you get the sack because of a, a sequence of bad results you, you're taking stick from the crowd and, and I think it is a little bit of a relief sometimes uh, and it certainly didn't, I didn't cry or I didn't, I just thought oh thank, okay, that's it, done, thanks very much Mr Chairman um, when I was at his house, in fact Peter cried when he told me but it, it was, you know, it was great while it lasted but I knew it had end. I'm a realist, it, mm. it didn't bother me And you've now moved on and you're at Manchester United so can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing there? Yeah, I'm a lead player performance manager um, that entails quite a quite a, a wide breadth of work well it has done up to now I've been there six and a half years now um, however mostly now I, uh, I deal with the, the loan players so I arrange the loans and go and watch them and do reports and go and visit the clubs and everything um, which is great for me because I love watching football I love watching proper football even you know I watch a lot of League 2 football Um and uh, so I really enjoy it. I helped set the ladies' football team up as well. Uh, I was one of an initial uh, panel that, that set that up, so that was good as well last season. So I do other things as well, but mainly I'm, uh, I'm a loans manager, really. An extremely busy man, either way. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a type. I tend to make myself busy. I look for things to do and do them, even if nobody <laughs> tells me to do them. I'm a bit... I'm busy in both terms of it. I'm busy as inactive and busy as in sticking my nose in. <laughs> it's Radio City Talk. You're listening to Full Time and I've got Les Parry, former Tranmere manager, in the studio to pick his sporting hero. So let's get on to your sporting hero. You've mentioned a, a massive Rovers fan when you were growing up in the uh, 
50s, 60s, 70s. Is it a Tranmere person that you'll go to for that sporting hero? Yeah, it is. I, I'm not. I'm not into sporting heroes as such, to be honest. Um, I, I, I think I've got. I, in fact, I don't think I've got anybody's autograph, for instance, in from any sphere of work. Uh, I've got a picture of me with um, Johan Cruyff, and that's about the only picture I've got. I don't keep things, so I'm not a great believer in in having sort of distant ones. But but. but People who have really impacted on my life and the way I look at my life and the way I've, I've run my career, um, sort of, they're more my heroes than, than somebody who's on the television and I've got no access to. Uh, and because of that, um, you know, I've, I've had quite a, f- a few people, you know, all the managers I've worked with have been fantastic. All the staff I've worked with, quite a few of the players have had quite an impact on me. Um, but probably the person who's had the biggest impact, and I'll explain why in a minute, is uh, is the great John King. A wonderful man who who is or was at the heartbeat of pretty much anything good that happened with Tranmere in the in the seventies, in the eighties, and in the early nineties as well. Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, when I was a when I was a Tranmere fan, you know, all those years ago, when you used to be able to walk around the ground at half time and watch from the other end and. And and John was was the manager then. You know, he he obviously had a a, a great uh, non-league record as well. Um, I used to sort of admire him then. And then um, I don't know I don't know if you know Matt, but the link between us really is that when he got fired from from Tramia, I was the director of a a, a sports training company, and we were looking for somebody to come in every day. Uh, and we had like a, uh, a community service type program and somebody to coach lads who, who were out of work, who were unemployed, and we brought John King in. So so it was fantastic for me. He's come in. So I worked with him, I don't know, must have been about 18 months, maybe a little bit longer than that. And then um, one Wednesday he came in and he said, I'm, uh, I'm going to have to leave. Uh, I've had a chat with Peter Johnson. I've been offered the job back at Tramia. So off he left. So he then left us and uh, and and went back to Tramia. So so even from sort of that early on, he had a, he had an influence on me because it was him that brought me into Tramia. Uh, lots of people have spoke about Johnny King being their manager and, and they've had that player relationship. So, so you come in. Uh, when he's still in charge as the physio, what was your relationship with him like from physio to manager point of view? Yeah, he was brilliant. Um, when I first went in, we had a, a fellow called Alex McClellan, who was an old sort of Scottish, um, who was a friend of of, uh, of the boss and uh, they'd known each other for years. So I, I, I was in, as I mentioned, I was in part-time. Uh, and then it became, in 93, I think, you had to be qualified to do the running on. And unfortunately at the time, Kenny Jones wasn't. And you had to have a full-time physio, which we didn't because Alex was part-time as well. And so John sort of had to do something about that. Uh, and he, he went to see Alex and he said, listen, I'm thinking of making Les full-time. Um, and uh, and in the end, as as we know, that's a, that, that sort of happened. So he... He so he could have brought somebody else in, but I think we got on so well that he was willing to sort of let his his mate go 
to to make me make me full time. What was that phone call like when he called you up and said, "Can you come into Tranmere?" Or was it a position that you'd applied for in, in the first instance? No, it was a phone call. Um, he phoned me up at the pre-season of ninety ninety one um, and said, "Listen, uh, Raymond Harris is doing our reserves. We need somebody to to do the physio and with him. Do you fancy Do you fancy doing it?" So I said, uh, I said, yeah, okay. He said, well, uh, he said, I'll have a word with Ray. Just give me a ring back. I must have rung him about 20 times. <laughs> and uh, Margaret, who was on the thing, kept on saying, he kept on putting me at us, oh, he's having me on here. Next thing he rang, he actually rang me back in the end. Um, and uh, he, uh, so it was, for me, it was, because I had my own company by that time, it was easy for me to go in every morning and do evening games with the reserves. What he achieved as a manager at Tramley was quite astonishing. He had three promotions. He had one as a player as well during his playing days in the yeah, 60s. He, uh, he had them in three consecutive playoffs to get into the Premier League and, and brought arguably the best football that Tramley have ever seen to the Wirral. But it's much more than that with Johnny King, isn't it? I've, I've spoke to a number of people about him because, of course, uh, there was the statue built and there were a number of players involved in, in trying to fund that at Tramley. And no one has ever said a bad word about Johnny King. Yeah, you can't. He he just had a knack of involving people. Um, you know, to look he was always articulate, he was a gentleman. Um he'd towards the end of the week he'd be walking around and he'd he'd ask everybody even you know, not even, but people in who were working in the canteen well, what do you think about Saturday? What do you think? And he'd glean this, all his information off everybody and then he'd make his decision. And at the end of the day, his decision stuck. But the fact he made everybody feel part of it, and that's, that's one of the things that I learned from him. Um, you know, you don't have to be a screamer. You don't have to to complain all the time and, and shout. And um, I can't really remember him raising his voice that many times, even after defeats. Um, so, you know, he didn't need to cause, because he commanded that respect. What did you put into your management <coughs> style that Johnny did? Uh, just dealing with people. I hope, uh, I hope I've always done that anyway. But, you know, there's this, there's this misbelief, I think, that, that you can't do, you know, you can't do well by being nice. Like there's a misbelief that you can't get out of League Two by playing football. Um and but you can and you can and you can do well being reasonable with people being honest he was always honest he was always up front um and and as i say the reason that nobody says anything uh, negative about him is is because of the way he handled himself the way he treated people and and the hope that, that that's what i learned from him and just finally, he was famous for his quotes. Always oh, had wonderful yeah. quotes. Flipping. Is there any for you that stands out as your favourite? No. <laughs> the only, the only one was uh, because we all know all the others about the ships and everything. But um, uh, Steve Bauer, when he was at Radio City, he went in to see him, and there was ten games left, and he he came back out and he played us the the tape. It was probably probably was a tape recorded in those days. Um, but he played. He played us the tape, and and the boss started singing to uh, Steve Bauer ten green bottles, and he sang the whole thing, right the way to the end with with Steve Bauer sitting in front of him, and I think Bash is thinking, I th- 
hope he's going to stop soon, hope he's going to stop. And he didn't. He sang the whole thing, every verse, and then he, at the end he said something. And when there's no games left or something, he changed the words right at the end. But uh, Ronnie Moore, Kenny Jones and myself in, in the physio room, when, when Steve was playing, we were just falling about laughing. I've got that clip. I've got it right here. So uh, here's, a chance <laughs> for to, here's a chance for you to hear it again. <laughs> it's like... The ten green bottles when you were a kid, you know, ten green bottles hanging on the wall, ten green bottles hanging on the wall, and if one green bottle should accidentally fall, there'll be nine green bottles hanging on the wall, and then one green bottle hanging on the wall, one green bottle hanging on the wall, and if that green bottle should accidentally fall we'll be in the Premier League after all oh there you go Les (laughs) (laughs) brilliant I can't I don't have no idea why we do have that in our archive but we've got it and I'm glad that we do and I'm glad you do (laughs) Les an absolutely brilliant sporting hero someone who brought so much life and happiness to the people of Tranmere and the Wirral so uh, thank you for sharing Johnny King with us on Radio City Talk this afternoon thanks very much thank you Radio City Talk's Sporting Heroes